I'll get through it. I'll get through the fear. I'll fail. I'll get better. I'll get to the other side of this. Um, that to me is such a life lesson that, you know, whether it's art or something else that gets you there, it's a, it's a gift to have that experience and to get to that place where you feel like, okay, I, you know, I don't want to fail, but here we go. I'm here with my uh, good friend, Anne. Um, so she's an actor, um, singer, extraordinaire. Um, so yeah, so thank you for being on the podcast tonight. Thank you, Matt. I really appreciate you inviting me on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm trying to get everybody that was in Southern Gothic on here just because yeah. everybody was so talented and just absolutely extraordinary. Um, and so, so far I've gotten two. Uh -huh. Yes, it was, uh, that was a really extraordinary experience for me as an actor yeah. and, and same yeah i just yeah i loved it i loved it i learned a lot about myself and um the admiration i have for the talent that was in that show and yeah unbelievable every night i was just at, I, I would be blown away by somebody because they would just do something so subtle and i was like oh my gosh that's so good um <laughs> And in, but like, it was, everybody was so like welcoming. And so like, everybody was just wonderful to be around. There was like no egos. Everybody was just wanting everybody to succeed in the show to succeed. Yeah. Um, and it was like the first time that I felt like when in Chicago that, um, like I had like finally made it in a sense of like doing like a show that I was like, okay, this is why I moved to Chicago for a yes. show like this. Yes. And to work with people yeah. like this. It's, uh, it, it is one of those things that you have, like just, you know, a handful of times maybe, uh, where you feel like this is why, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> even getting to like work with you. I was just like blown away every night by you. Cause you were just a, oh, thank you. you were I, a tornado in that show. You just were <laughs> amazing. Yeah. That was all on the page quite honestly, but I really uh, appreciated the, the, sort of room everyone the space everyone gave uh my character to play in uh because y'all went along with it so beautifully and you know i mean anytime i looked at you i knew you were there to catch me you were there <laughs> oh yeah I, I mean most of the time i was looking just because i was so enamored by what you were doing because i was just like wow <laughs> and i was just trying to keep up myself Oh, all right so like starting off so we'll, we'll take it all the way back so i always like try to start with when did you first notice that you wanted to kind of go into acting what kind of like started like what what began your journey um you know i i think i knew when i was maybe four years old that i wanted to perform I, that i wanted to do something that would um I don't know, light someone up or inspire somebody or make them happy. And, you know, it's just that kind of very simple, but I wanted to do something. I remember asking my mom if I could get into commercials. Like I said, I could do that. I could do that. I was pointing at the TV, like I get, and she just laughed, you know, uh, and then it kind of went dormant a little for a little while. And, um, uh, I used, uh, music and singing, uh, to sort of as therapy, I think, um, went through a period of, of time in my childhood where it was really rocky. 
Um, my mom was addicted to drugs, uh, lots of drugs and alcohol, and my, my parents had by then divorced, and so uh, we were latchkey kids, my sister and I, younger sister, um, pretty much left to our own devices an awful lot in the house, and uh, she was off, you know, somewhere. And, and so uh, with all that time alone and the anxiety, I think, of being unsure of what, you know, all the unknowns, you know, what was going to happen when she got home, it was very um, abusive and difficult time. I sang like I mimicked and sang to all sorts of artists that I admired from Donna Summers to the soundtrack of, of uh, a chorus line, you know, mm. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and so it was just therapy and I didn't really think much of it beyond that at all uh, until high school when uh, I had transferred from Lane Tech High School here in Chicago to mm. a, a parochial school, a private school called Mother Theodore and Guerin High School. They are now uh, no longer, they're, they're a pile of rubble, uh, <laughs> but uh, RIP. But um, <laughs> at the time I was a sophomore and the nun who was our homeroom teacher um, first day came up to me and asked if I, you know, uh, if I would like to audition for their spring musical, that I should do that to make friends, you know, to meet some of mm -hmm. the girls, because this was an all-girls high school at the time. All very new to me, Culture Shock City, right? And uh, I chickened out. I was like, I don't, why would on earth would I just go, day one, go and audition for <laughs> what are you talking about? So, I mean, I nodded my head, but I didn't do it. Uh, flash forward to Monday, uh, because this was a Friday that the audition was. I didn't go. Monday, she comes up to me. How did it go? Did you, did you go? Did you go? I said, no, I, I'm sorry. And she said, uh, Anne, why? Come on now. And she got real upset and annoyed at me. And then she pulled a flyer off her desk and she said, now this is a musical at the all boys school in Oak Park. I was like, Oak Park, that is like three buses away. This is not, you know, I'm in Chicago yeah. or, you know, she said you should go audition. So now my whole, like, I was discombobulated because I thought she wanted me to make friends. I thought the whole point of this was to make friends, but clearly it wasn't to make friends with the girls I went to school with. It was just to make friends apparently. Yeah. <laughs> or if she just saw that I had a fear and just was annoyed mm -hmm. by it and wanted me to face it, you know, I figured yeah. that might've been it. And I have her to thank for, uh, the rest of my life really in terms of how I have pursued theater predominantly and yeah. um you know i went auditioned i got in and then i did all my musicals and plays there you know at, at fenwick high school in oak park uh and it was an all-boys school at the time now it's co-ed but once a black friar always a black friar that's what we would say and <laughs> they still say um and it was uh, a wonderful experience and so i had a very sort of interesting high school life and that i had friends from three different high schools <laughs> yeah so you ended up like you ended up getting like way you got a lot of friends then well the 
the one the high school I went to, I didn't really hang out with them so much because I had friends from these other two worlds and uh, was very engrossed and immersed in those places. So anyway, it was, uh, I think that's how I got, you know, the bug, so to speak. And it, yeah. it was an unusual thing in that Fenwick had, um, at the time, Ed Ward was the uh, conductor or the music director of many of their musicals. He came back as an alum. He was um, much older, but he was the president of the Musicians Union in Chicago. And mm -hmm. so he would get uh, professional musicians to come and play in the pit with the students, and he would flesh it out like, you know, full string section, full horn section. It was insane. And they didn't wow. have, you know, like lobs, like body mics or anything. We would, we had some floor mics and, and ceiling mics, but otherwise, you know, you're just like, your face was singing through, cutting through an orchestra of, of that size for all these musicals. And it was just phenomenal. I was so incredibly spoiled. Um, but it was, a, again, I think it's that magic, though, that when you, you know, you, when you're in it, you, you feel mm -hmm. that tingly feeling and you go, okay, this is otherworldly. This is something I can't put my finger on it, but I know I, I've just got to have more of this. And, uh, and so I went to college, uh, went to uh, the Western Illinois University and got my Bachelor of Arts in, uh, in acting and theater. And um, then I came, I toured for a year with the Nebraska Theater Caravan uh, out of Omaha, Nebraska. And, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, it was fun. We did three shows in rotating rep on the road. So it was like Into the Woods, Ozma of Oz, and Yours, and. Oh, wow. And then when, when we got back, we had a three-month sit-down in Omaha. Um, and then we'd splinter off into four, three or four tours of a Christmas Carol. So they would hire, you know, from all over the country to come in for just to blow it up and do these three big bus tours um, oh, wow. of the country. So uh, did that. And then I, and then I came back to Chicago, um, was dating my college boyfriend still. And, um, we got married eventually and uh, stayed in Chicago, and I continued to pursue theater while I uh, worked. Sometimes work, it did some gig work, and then mm -hmm. eventually I was temping in offices and then eventually got hired full-time somewhere and got into uh, development and fundraising for nonprofit organization, and, and from there just learned more and more about that profession and became um, much more, you know, steeped in that. And it, it afforded me, you know, the opportunity to continue to pursue, but um, I didn't have as much freedom, of course, as you know, with a nine to five, yeah. it's tough, but I had plenty of vacation and sick days that I would take <laughs> if I needed to. Yeah, to, to go audition. Days. Yeah, or to get rehearsal. rehearsal. Yeah. Um, uh, did that for a long time. And, and then about, uh, seven years ago, I joined, a, a consulting firm and now I have a much more flexible schedule and I can audition for more, uh, things that, you know, require you to pick up and take off somewhere or, you know, uh, rehearse during the day and things like that. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's definitely difficult to balance the nine to five traditional nine to five and trying to pursue, especially acting and theater, just because, you know, once you get in rehearsals, a lot of times, if, especially if it's an equity theater, like they rehearse during the day. Uh-huh. And then if you're in tech week, you're, you're pretty much theirs during tech week. Like, right. and so it's just difficult to, if, to have, be like, Hey, sorry. Uh, you're not going to see me for a little bit for about a month or so until this show gets on its feet. Well, there were a couple um, of uh, nine to fives I quit for a gig, you know, because they weren't. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, my dad, I remember being like, you know, like I was sort of brought up in this work ethic and uh, mm-hmm. um, I felt a little bit like, oh, gosh, you know, I I feel guilty for wanting to quit this job right now so i can go do a show for three months somewhere uh you know outside of chicago and i, t- I mentioned it to my dad and my dad said well you know is this job something that's gonna is this what is this you know it's it's a reception job you you're you can get another one just uh <laughs> you're at an age where you can do this just you know if you've got to burn a bridge burn a bridge <laughs> yeah <laughs> sort of like I don't know. Just uh, hearing him say it gave me uh, a little bit more uh, of the sense of permission at that age to my 20s to go ahead and uh, be the irresponsible person and just (laughs) leave the job. Uh, But I think after a while, I I appreciated the insurance, you know, and I appreciated uh, the opportunity to learn something, uh, a profession that afforded me. I knew down the road more flexibility in my life. I looked at it, yeah. the long game of it, and I thought, well, this could be a good thing for me long term. And I see myself as a journeyman actor. I don't mm-hmm. want to lose steam, and I certainly don't want to. Um, I'm, I'm not on a, a particular time clock. I'm not, you know, I haven't sort of decided that after a certain amount of time, I'm just going to give up because I didn't reach fame and fortune, you know. Um, yeah. it's, it, it's the work itself that I want to do. So, you know, I, uh, I just needed to figure out how I could, uh, keep the steam going, just keep my engine, uh, fed and keep things yeah. moving so that I can have the longevity, you know? Yeah. I think that's, that's definitely key when, especially whenever you're especially in theater and like music and anything like that, like keeping momentum going because when you have those lulls, you kind of, the, the, the gremlin, I like to call it starts to talk in the back of your head. It's like, Oh, the ship sailed. Like maybe you should just let it go. And so keeping that going is like, you're like, okay, what's, what's the next project. Right. Right. Um, So, yeah. So it sounds like, just based off like a little bit of these stories is like you've had people in your life that have kind of like helped kind of shepherd you to keep the dream alive or even get it started. So I, um, can you talk more about like how influential like people like that were in your life? Yeah. I mean, I have to say, I start with my parents and that, you know, they both, you let me know that they really truly didn't really have any sort of expectation in terms of, what I might become or do with my life as long as I was mm-hmm. happy. And I really believed them, you know, they, they never gave me a reason not to believe them. So I never had that. I never struggled with that particular issue that so many people I knew in school 
who are pursuing it or after school um, felt a certain amount of pressure from their parents to either be successful or get out, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. hurry up and fail so that you can become a lawyer or whatever it is they wanted them to become. I uh, never had that pressure. And so I, I guess I would say it begins with them. I have always had that support where, you know, they've, they've been very supportive my sister as well, coming to, you know, many of the things I have performed in, many of the, the productions I've been in, uh, flying into Chicago to do that now that they all live outside of Chicago. Um, and, you know, that it means a lot and you don't realize just how how helpful that is, you know, how much fuel that puts in your tank, but it does. Yeah. If I can interject, yeah. her mom came to every performance of Southern Gothic, <laughs> like every night she was there. Yes. So yes. And I can I, attest. Yeah. And I know I, I kind of dumped a lot of um, uh, negative stuff in the beginning about my mom's story and mine, but um, she's, you know, clean and sober and has been for a long time. And, um, is a very engaged in my life and my sister's life uh, and very, um, I think, grateful, you know, mm-hmm. just she shows it all the time, just her gratitude for having us in her life. And I appreciate that so much. So, yeah. Yeah. And so she really did. Yeah. She loved coming. She was working at the time at a hotel uh, doing their night audit. So her nights off were, I believe, Wednesdays and Thursdays at the time. So she would come mm-hmm. to all the Thursday uh, performances <laughs> that we yep. had. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, great. She really, she cried when that show ended because she said, you know what she said when she said she was going to miss my character. She, she like, she got, <laughs> she really started to believe that I was someone else. You know, it's like her brain stopped connecting me to the character after a while that, that has wild? to be the high that's wild that's gotta also be like the biggest compliment you could have coming from your mom know, like she's like, suspended I know, she I suspended said, belief so much that she can't even see her daughter i told her i said mom i you know it's me i can I, if you want me to do a line or two for you every now and then i'll i'll pull her out yeah you'll just come <laughs> in just suzanne wellington <laughs> Just do a whole Thanksgiving, I guess, Suzanne. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. That, so I'd start with them and, I mean, gosh, end with them because they really have been the most consistent. Um, yeah. But you know how it is. It takes a village and you really don't even, I don't think even, some people don't even realize they're a part of that um, mm-hmm. journey, right? That they have contributed some way to... Uh, just giving you the right perspective or the a moment of space and grace and or 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 a little encouragement here and there you know in the moment it may feel kind of small but i think down the road you realize oh all these little things these little breadcrumbs mm-hmm. kind of got me a little further along it kept me in the game a little longer because you know when it when it felt like there was an impenetrable wall in front of me. You know, mm-hmm. it's, 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 you know, it, the acting is just such a weird thing because you're waiting for someone else to give you permission to do the work. You know, yeah. it's someone else's decision always. 
so there's a feeling of frustration or anxiety that comes with that of like not being in control. And so I did find that if I sang in a band or, you know, um, did readings, did, uh, you know, I find other ways, other ways to try to um, exer exercise some of that need and um, get some of that out without the permission <laughs> that I was yeah. waiting for. Uh, I think it's so important that you have other things in your life that you can do without someone telling you when you can do it. Um, you know? Yeah, I think that's what's been so great about the, the age that we're in now mm -hmm. is because I think I feel as if there's a more opportunity out there to be able to not have not to tell you, have somebody give you permission. Now you can, you can record skits on your phone. You can, you can right. record and publish your own music in your own house now, essentially. Yeah. And so there's a, so many more avenues than I think people realize that they can get themselves out there for people to see. Right. Um, so it's, yeah, it's very important. Cause yeah, cause we're at the whim of somebody well, not anymore. You used to walk into a room and um, now it's all, you know, video and stuff like that. But now it's up to somebody's discretion to whether or not they see the character in you or not. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's been something that I've struggled with for a while is just being like, I, I, I want to do this thing, but why aren't they seeing it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you kind of hinted at it. Was there like a moment where like you maybe thought that you were going to quit? I feel like there's always been in the back of my head this feeling of I can't, you know, it's that that maybe it's not going to be um, everything I ever dreamed of, but I have mm. to stick it out. And yeah. there's a feeling that I've, I've never I guess I, I haven't felt like quitting as, as my short answer. So, no, okay. I haven't felt that. What I have felt instead, I think, is the stubbornness to continue. And it's only because I want to do the work. Mm -hmm. uh, it, I miss it, you know, when I'm not yeah. doing it. And then it just builds. So eventually I'm, you know, I'm, I'm auditioning and trying to, you know, figure out how to open that door to more work. Um, but it's it's also a, a journey that is kind of, I don't know, it's, it's not linear mm -hmm. in any way. And... Uh, it keeps you on your toes. You learn a lot. You continue to learn as you as you work. And I love the lifelong learning that I get to do as an actor. You know, because I signed up for this. Um, yeah. Uh, so no, I haven't felt that yet. I've watched people I know that I think are incredibly talented, more talented than me, and 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 to you know sort of say, eh, you know what. Hmm. Don't think I need it anymore. I don't. Yeah. I don't really want to do this. And I tell them, you know, you know what? I'm sorry because I will miss you. I will miss seeing you work. It. It. I grieve it, but it's your journey. And quite honestly, you're relieved of the of the curse. You don't. I mean, this is a curse. <laughs> <laughs> and good for you. The curse let let loose and let you go and um you're free you're free now and that's what a wonderful thing to be free yeah. of it you know 
Uh, yeah, so it's yeah. Back. There's been no, no, no. You're good. Um, <laughs> I, I I get it. It's one of those things of you know just being in a creative field. It's it's so difficult to be able to pursue it, and you want to make money at it. But let's be honest. I mean, most of the endeavors that people do with especially our field or whatever, whether it's writing a book, you may not see any monetary like success, but it's, but that's, that's not why we do it though. Yeah. We do it for that moment. I, I always attribute it to, you get that moment at the very end when you fooled them for an hour and 45 minutes and then they start clapping. Like it's, (laughs) it's that moment right there where you got them. Um, But so what, keeps you going then since you said you're too stubborn and like the curse and everything <laughs> like that so what what keeps you going because you said the work but it's like there's got to be some more to it that like that keeps you going well i think i do think that i have uh, a certain amount of optimism i mean it's mm-hmm. it's you know it's rugged it's it's persistent optimism that's in the face of maybe um a lot of a lot of things that would make someone else go throw their hands up and say forget it uh <laughs> but i you know i i have a lot of optimism i think is what a big piece of that is and it keeps me in it um i have had a certain amount of success at least in my, what i would consider success which is that like you said that feeling of i i fooled them i got them uh, that feeling of, of, I was so connected to what I was doing. I was somewhere else. Like, I mean, I was mm-hmm. really in the moment and, uh, truly not, not concerned with anything but that moment. It was, you know, it's so meditative and it's in a, mm-hmm. in a wonderful way when you get into it. And, uh, so having tastes of that along the way have also encouraged me and given me that optimism that that the people who find me to you know be exude or bring that kind of the kind of work they're looking for to the table those people my people you know it's like my tribe um are out there they're out there and, and it's just a matter of, it's a numbers game. And I just need to stay in it. And, and uh, those folks will find me and I'll find yeah. them and we'll find each other. We'll, and, um, and that's happened, you know, I've had uh, those moments where I feel like, oh, you get me. I, I'm so happy you get me. And uh, there is this very, you know, the shorthand between us uh, because they totally get it. And they appreciate it. Uh, it's a great feeling. It's a great. It's a collaborative uh, art form, and it, it it requires you to have an ego, and then to put it aside. Yep. <laughs> uh, I just yeah. I like how it has um, also been so helpful in my other career as a fundraiser and consultant now for fundraisers. Uh, and teaching in that, you know, being an actor has just um, given me a certain amount of skill set, you know, soft skills, call them what you will, yeah. as well as uh, insight and, you know, EQ, uh, 
and and that sort of thing that I think has uh, gotten me far in my other life, uh, if you want yeah. to call it. That. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so what I was going to go to was um, so it sounds like because whenever you first started, you weren't you. Okay acting performing kind of got you out of your shell and as you've been able to do it it's just helped you blossom and become the person that you are and so it's like to me it's like creativity is essential to everybody to be able to bring absolutely to be able to find that i totally agree with you and and uh it breaks my heart when i run into people who have closed themselves off cut themselves off of creativity because they're not Mm -hmm experts because they don't feel like you know confident enough or whatever or they feel like they're starting something new it's a they're gonna fail and they're terrified Mm -hmm. of failing even alone in a room by themselves the idea of failing is is awful and it is it sucks you know you fail every time you're in rehearsal you're failing Mm -hmm. you're failing until you get there and it's you're failing in front of everybody and it's um it's it it is humbling uh, but it's part of the process, and I guess you know you have to get used to the 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 ickiness, that feeling of failing, and that frustration of it. You go through it enough times, you realize, oh, okay, just you know, you give yourself over to that idea, and I think it just you know then you fail faster and you get there faster. Uh, yep. uh, uh, but yeah, I I feel like um, yes, it helped me. I think go you know sort of learn a lot about myself and you know through other people's stories through doing the research on on people or on the story we're we're gonna tell uh it -hmm. really you know when you have to dig into something and uh walk in someone else's shoes you know there's no better lesson there's no better way Mm -hmm. of learning it really it drives deeply into your psyche and i think it it can change you over time it it makes you broadens your horizons it broadens your scope and that has certainly helped open me up Mm -hmm. to saying yes more to other things to experiences in my life to you know travel more to say yes to things that scare me um and uh knowing that i'll get through it i'll get through the fear i'll fail i'll get better I'll get to the other side of this. Um, that to me is such a life lesson that, you know, whether it's art or something else that gets you there, it's a, it's a gift to have that mm-hmm. experience and to get to that place where you feel like, okay, I, you know, I don't want to fail, but here we go. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually, I actually uh, posted a quote today on the, this podcast's um, social media and it was from uh, Matisse and it's uh, creativity. Um, I just had it and I just lost it. Um, essentially what it was is, is like, there is the creativity that you're going to be scared to bring it out essentially. Um, and so actually I talked in the last episode, uh, a couple episodes that I just um, released is failure. You're going to fail no matter what you're not it's just, it's going to happen. So the quicker that you can reframe it mm-hmm. and start to learn from failing rather yeah. than just seeing it as the end result of something, it's like, no, failure is now a, an opportunity right. to be able, because if you continue to do the same thing and failing, then yeah, you are failing because you're not learning anything from it. And so I think 
that's what happened to me a lot of times. Like whenever I was, um, I got into like a little bit of a lull with um, my career was I, I was setting myself up for failure before I even recorded the audition or even got into the room. Yeah. And so it wasn't until I reframed it that like, I was like, okay, now we can, now we can get up and go. And to your point of, yeah, I think so many people get stuck in that. Like they don't want to try because they're afraid to fail. Right. And it's, it's just going to happen. Um, but as you get further along, you know, you're, you're going to like, you're going to realize that like, oh, failure helped open up this opportunity and this opportunity. And now I get to do this or I've, I get to see this. And it's just like, it's going to lead you to somewhere eventually. Yeah. You may not, you may not see it for a minute, but right. you will get there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So did you ever have like that, like kind of like that, like ideal of failure? And did you like, how did you like able, were you able to like navigate it? Honestly, I don't think I had any awareness of or conscious, conscious, I should say, conscious of sort of opinion or perspective on failure. It sort of happened and then I had to figure out what to do with it, Mm -hmm. you know? And so uh, I think just through figuring out what to do with it, I was able to finally say, okay, I get it now. I I understand the, the... purpose of it and why it's valuable and why I need to embrace it as much as I can, even though I'll never be happy about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but that I need to understand it comes with the territory of learning, learning anything you're, you know, and, and this job and this kind of work is never ending. You're never going mm-hmm. to be the best. You're never going to have conquered it. In my mm-hmm. opinion, anyway, I feel like I'll never conquer it. I'll always be, uh, be learning, and yeah, and it, it, it won't be as maybe as didactic as classroom experiences, but it will be through experience that I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, when when I'm resting on my laurels, I might fail uh, a little mm-hmm. bit and remind myself, oh yeah, I. I, I <laughs> I still have to learn as we go here. So yeah. Yeah. that's, that's an, that's an important point as well. You, you have to approach it as you, you don't know everything, right? You may think you do, but you, there's always opportunities to continue to learn. And whenever there's an opportunity for that, there's going to be an opportunity to fail. But as long as you get that knowledge, then you're, 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 you're keeping that momentum. You're keeping that thing going. Yeah. Um, continue to go. Um, and that's, that's so important that I hope that everybody can get from that is continue to be a sponge, continue to learn. Even if you get to a point where you're like, I've, I've accomplished it. There's still something to learn. Yeah. Um, you know, I still learn stuff all the time. Like I, I said it with uh, Ryan. There was a, I was actually just listening to, it was a podcast and it was, they talked about an audition and how like they reframed their, it was, a, it was a famous actor. I can't remember. And how he reframed the audition process of instead of going in and trying to impress them, he was like, I'm trying to make their job easier. Yeah. So they, they want me to succeed. Right. And so the moment that he flipped that switch, it was like, and he was like a famous actor that was like working all the time. And then he was able to, you know, flip that and then 
continue to, you know, learn. So you always have to be a student. It sounds like Brian Cranston. It sounds like you're talking about Brian Cranston. It sounds like that. Yeah. It, I think so. But I think, you know, I think that's true. It's, I've tried. I, I definitely try that uh, sort of technique of remembering, reminding myself. They want you to succeed. They want you to succeed. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's hard to combat your hypersensitivity to the, to the mm -hmm. room you're in while yeah. you're performing uh, for an audition. And, um, the, you know, that's why I think the best auditions people have sometimes are when they say, fuck it. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I don't, I don't need this job. I don't want it. I'll air. I'm just coming See over what, here on my lunch you break will. and here's my resume and what do you want me to do? Uh, yeah, then they get it. You want a monologue? You want a song? Like, what do you want? Tell me where to be. Where's the light? Yeah. All right, let's go. I've got 15. <laughs> right. So, um, but I have, I think for me, one of the things that has evolved that's similar to that idea, maybe, is that I have rather than looking at the audition as a chore because it does mm -hmm. sometimes feel like a chore right they send you sides they want to learn 15 different things you're, you've got 72 hours for you know 48 hours whatever and instead of looking at it as a chore i look i try to look at it frame it as an opportunity to perform mm -hmm. and yep. i begin to dig in and imagine um being it being cast already mm -hmm. and, so you're and visualizing i'm visualizing that while i'm while i'm learning the material while i'm rehearsing and it does give me a certain extra i would just like a little extra something um mm -hmm. when i'm when i'm auditioning and i think it takes some of that uh feeling of the critic out of the room a little bit of that mm -hmm starts to dissipate because in you know i've already cast myself <laughs> <laughs> well no that's there's there's power to that of visualization so a lot of people believe in that of being able to like see it and you will attain it you're putting it out into the universe yeah. and the universe will will reward you essentially so there is power in that yeah um, and we know what the experience is of you know when you after you get cast and you get the script uh when you start to dig into the script and you start to start, you know, just, just some memorization, just to kind of, or go through it and you're looking at, you know, what are their motivations? What do they want? What's their super objective? What's their objective mm -hmm. moment to moment, all that stuff. You're enjoying yourself, right? Like that's mm -hmm. fun. When yeah. two seconds before, when you had to audition <laughs> and do the same freaking thing, you, you hated life. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, I, I try very hard to muster that sensation of, you know, first day of school and I've got my, I got my script and now I can break it open and start to analyze the fuck out of it, you know, <laughs> and, and, and build this, you know, what, what do they want and what do we get, you know, and, um, yeah, what can I say? I, it it's actually, more, but I think no, more and more, it's just like less so. Yeah. No, I was just going to like emphasize your point because there was an interview with um, Robert Duvall and they were talking to him about like how he approaches his characters and stuff like that. And he's like, I get a script and he goes, this is guess who I get to play now. And like he gets so geeked out and it's like he could be in and this is just a testament of how great of an actor he is. He could 
take a page and just be in a movie for a minute and steal the show because yeah. he's so excited because that's how he gets to he gets to play and yeah. gets to be hit like it's so wonderful to see and then you know you're you're replicating that yeah um go ahead oh i was just gonna say how do you do it do you have a particular um visualization or or a method to uh get you to that place you need to be for an audition um I've, I've used the visualization and it's been successful for me. Um, when I, when I got Chicago med the first time, like I visualized being on set, I visualized like everything and it, and it came to fruition. Thankfully, I think for the most part, I look at it as an opportunity as well to be able to like hone the craft, be able to work. I get to diagnose this. Sometimes I don't have enough time because my agent kind of gives it to me and it's like, Oh, this is due tomorrow morning. I don't get to do that. Um, But if I do get some time with the script or whatnot, it's just fun to diagnose it and then get to play essentially. Um, Where I run into issue is now since everything's at home, I just give myself too many takes. I got to like shut myself off after like five. I'm like, okay, Cause I'm going to watch yeah. it and they're all going to be the same. <laughs> I'm right. like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to change this little word at the end and then I'll do it. And I'm like, I did the same thing. Right. Um, so that's about the only thing is like, yeah, I approach it as a way to work, get better that day. Um, Cause I think that's, that's key. Um, Cause if you, if you just, like you said, if you're looking at it as like a laborious, like laborious, like process of just, I got to record this audition and I got to set up my lights. I got to put up my backdrop. I got to make sure the dog, it doesn't clomp around in the middle of my, my scene. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, of course. Cause if you have that mindset, then it's just, it's going to filter into the work. And I think you have to keep that energy, that, that positivity and that, like that allure and hopefulness of, of it. Cause, cause it's, cause what we do is we, we just essentially, we get to play pretend. Yeah. And I think there's so much that like gets in the way and convolutes it mm-hmm. and people try to overcomplicate it. But for the most, all we're doing is we're pretending. Right. So have fun. Right. Um, but yeah, cause you know, everybody wants to be successful. Everybody wants to, you know, that's, this is the state of it. And so I think putting too much pressure on yourself you just you're doing yourself and the work of disservice mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah it's usually we just get in our own way most of the time yeah yeah because you want it so bad because mm-hmm. you're just like i want this thing so bad and i want to like just do it and then you know life and you know with this business you get told no way more than you get told yes so you know you right. keep getting that door slammed in your face so naturally it's going to like start to wane on you and it's just it's difficult to have that like mindset and keep it you know i've been guilty of that right. of losing it um but it goes back to like when you were talking about your mom you got to find that gratitude mm-hmm. you just like i get because like I know so many people and you've mentioned it. It's like so many people that have just like quit and they don't, they don't, they, they, they lifted the curse, if you will. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And I just, I'm so grateful that like, I'm still being sent in for auditions. Uh, My agent like will send me something and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm grateful. Like, let's, let's do the best work we can. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're making me miss it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like it's. Based, yeah, I haven't had a ton of auditions lately, and um, and so, you know, I, I should say I've had auditions for like commercial work, voiceover, mm -hmm. but for theater, I haven't had much in terms of auditions lately. So the the stakes feel higher when it happens because it's like, well, mm -hmm. if I look at this, then. I don't know what's next. I have no idea. And yeah. you just have to kind of like accept it and trust that, you know, things will, will come your way. And at the same time, be smart and get out there and try to like reach out to people and let them know mm -hmm. that you're, you're still here. <laughs> yeah. What I was also going to say is like, even if like you don't get the role, I also want to put out something that is that I'm proud of. Mm -hmm. because they may not see me right for this thing, but then later down the road, oh, yeah. I'm like, they may be like, Oh yeah, he, he could be this yep. or she could do this. And so that's, that's another thing of why you just want to, you don't want to like half ass your auditions is because you never know where that opportunity is going to come from. Yeah. You know, no, definitely. And I feel like it is, it's just your calling card for future opportunities. And it's almost, that's almost more important than the actual mm -hmm. thing you're auditioning for. Yeah. Especially if you're sitting in front of casting directors whose job is to kind of put you in their Rolodex in their mind and mm -hmm. flip through on a regular basis to see who, who they should be calling in. Um, yeah, I, I countless times, you know, when you're when you're auditioning, you find that you're auditioning in in chunks because mm -hmm. one audition sort of gets you going and you get another audition because they thought of you for something else and then that audition you're in front of someone else and they thought of you for you know and it's sort of all of a sudden you get a cluster and mm -hmm. then it's dry for a while and then you get a cluster so um, yeah yeah it can be like that and i find that uh, interesting and 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 a good sign you know when, when it starts to mount like that yeah because i was looking at it in a negative way of just like oh i didn't get that I didn't get this audition, but then I started realize I'm like, well, this casting director continues to call me in. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so I must be doing something right. I'm on their radar. And so that, it, that would like opened up a whole different thing for me. Cause I was just like, okay, so I am doing something right. Yeah. Especially, I mean, I noticed it and maybe it's just more acute to me, uh, in, and TV, you know, and uh, Mm -hmm. TV and film, but TV mainly, um, where the casting directors uh, who are casting for those TV shows in town are, uh, you know, there can only be one who gets mm -hmm. that part. But, it, you know, they've called in whoever, you know, multiples of people for that, for that role. You're one of them. You didn't get it. Neither did 99.9% .9 of everybody yeah. else. Um, and... They're very talented people in that pool. So you know that they're thinking, well, you know, we, I, I called them in in the first place because I knew it would be something I could put in front of my client and mm -hmm. look competent, you know? I mean, yeah, because that's, that's their reputation. That's their reputation. So if they continue to call you in, I see it as a good sign too. And I think, oh. um, you know, never to squander that. You know, to always think, yep. well, that's it. So going on to a next point, because you kind of said that there was like the cluster and then there's a lull. So when you're in that lull, like 
how do you like work essentially? Like, what do you work on? Like, what's your like mm-hmm. mindset? Like what kind of like, how do you navigate the, that little lull? Yeah. Well, Cause that's important. Yeah, it is important. And, um, at times in my life, many, for 20 years, I sang in a, a trio. Uh, we, we did a lot of concerts, like in listening rooms, you know, like spit the space, you know, in Nevinston mm-hmm. or, uh, other places around the city. And, um, that was always a for sure thing that was going to kick up, especially near the end of the year, because we'd always do something around the holidays. And then we'd usually do one or two other uh, performances during the year on a Monday night or something, because we knew we could plan it ahead of time. And if we were in a show, we were probably going to be just fine with, with a hmm. Monday night. Uh, but it afforded us, all of us, I think, the outlet, the ability to have, again, have that control and to prepare for mm-hmm. something. We had to rehearse, we put together our own arrangements and all that. And it was a really great experience. But we kind of grew apart from each other in terms of how we wanted this thing to go, what we wanted to do with it, how much time we had for it, all of that. Um, but we had a nice long run, and I very grateful for that. Uh, and so since then, I can't say I have one particular thing I do. I, I think I leaned heavily upon that because it was there and it was, it was, it was, a, you know, a gift to have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now I find myself, um, bouncing around. Um, you know, I, I'll, I do enjoy doing readings of new work. And so, uh, I think I'm on the radar of, a, of, of people who produce plays and sometimes call me in to do readings. I love it. I love doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I might write, uh, or journal a little bit. I definitely do find myself turning inward to, to think more deeply about, you know, reassessing, taking stock of what I want how I want to get there, those kinds of things, because mm-hmm. you have the time to do that. And if you get time to reflect, you know, I think it's really important to sort of be self-aware and mm-hmm. to revisit the dream and go, is this, do I still want this dream? It, or has it <laughs> yeah. changed? Has it changed? And I haven't paid attention. Uh, how has it changed? And what does that mean? So mm-hmm. I, I do take a look at it annually, and it's always around this time of year because if I'm not in a show over the holidays, which I, I tend to not always want to be in a show around the holidays unless it's a yeah. really great experience, which I, it has. I have last year I was in a production, and it was awesome, but I typically don't, don't do that. And so I have downtime to just reflect, and I think it's mm-hmm. uh, part of it. Um, I, what else? I'm trying to think. Um, I think because of the work I do, you know, consulting nonprofits, I have a, I have multiple clients, different clients, different nonprofit organizations who have different challenges and different goals. It keeps me busy in a creative way. I'm creatively have to, I have to come at these problems or challenges that they're facing and help them solve them or remove barriers and I have to sort of think creatively to get there and uh Mm -hmm. it exercises a different part of my creativity or a different kind of creativity but it's very rewarding in times of lulls Mm -hmm. because I am uh I'm not just preoccupied I'm preoccupied in a creative way and that helps you know yeah Yeah, I get that I definitely like I I definitely do the inward i seek out 
a lot of I try to watch like new movies that I'm interested in mm-hmm. new TV shows to try to like pick up some stuff or maybe get some like inspiration or read something or like go to the museum or something yeah. like that just to try to like get that inspiration especially mm-hmm. when you're in that lull and sometimes it lasts a little bit longer than you're than you're hoping or you know you know not wanting it to um so it's always good to for me to kind of find something that inspires me yeah yeah i definitely do that i like to um uh i uh when i'm on social media i'll see like a clip um you know an actor talking about their perspective on acting and how they do it mm-hmm. how they've kind of stayed in it what do they do mm-hmm. and if i like it i you know if it speaks to me i'll say that i have like a folder called acting inspiration and it just it's just bunches of clips of people just giving tips and pointers and how they their process and all of that i find it very helpful it grounds me because i feel like every those things that they're talking about and how they're talking about them is very much how i feel and how mm-hmm. I know we all feel. And yeah. so it's very um, grounding. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, it's, it's good. It's also like, it's grounding, but it's also enlightening seeing somebody else have that same struggle mm-hmm. or like been at that same spot. Cause uh, that's another reason why I kind of created this podcast was like being able to see somebody else being like, Oh, I'm in that. I've done that. That's kind of like where I'm at as well. It's like, yeah. it's so, uplifting knowing that you're not alone absolutely absolutely um yeah i take from a lot of you know if i'm out there watching friends perform there is such a an elation of a wonderful feeling of yes more fuel in the tank uh, mm-hmm. when you walk out the door you're just like yes thank you for inspiring me i needed that juice yep. i needed it and you, sometimes yeah. you don't realize how you much you need it until you're seeing it go <laughs> Well, that's also a good point as well is just it's it's a fine line that people have like to be able to go see somebody in a show because in the yeah. back of your head you have that like jealousy moment but mm-hmm. it's also live vicariously through them and then have that like generate instead of like being a, a hater if you will right, and be like well right. i wouldn't have done that it's just like be happy for them oh totally you know and then yeah you know and then push yourself to get to that and then they'll see you in a show Right, and right. Then, so, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, so I do, you know, feel like um, that feeling of, oh, I, you know, I don't know if I have the drinks right now to see a show because I, I so badly want to be in one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that goes through my head occasionally, uh, but I know that the minute I'm in the room, and the and the and the production begins, I'm transported into the work. And I'm sort of mm-hmm. living, like you said, vicariously through them. There's a feeling of of uh, just a lightness that comes over me because I am immersed in it again for yeah. you know an hour and a half or two hours. I yeah. I love going to see a play, and then you know because there's that like shifting around, but then once they do the announcement that the show's about to, and then everybody kind of like settles, mm-hmm. and there's that moment when it's about to start. Like I love that moment. Oh yeah, we too. And then the lights go down, they come up, and then wow, we're somewhere else. I love it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I really, um, I'm grateful for the year I had. I think it was a, a very busy. I did four shows between oh wow January and July. Uh, oh wow, just overlapping. 
uh, where I was like wow. in rehearsal while I was in the pr production uh, uh, run. And uh, they were all really great experiences in their own way. And I have to say, like, some of them just stretched me way beyond my comfort zone. The London Road was one of them with Shattered Globe, and it was it's just such an unusual piece. Uh, it's so unique and the music uh, is so difficult. It's so hard and everyone was scared. I've never been in a show where the music director was so scared along with all of us and there was a mixed uh, a bag of people who had all varying degrees of comfort with learning music, uh, wow. reading music, you know, it was a it was an unusual past for a musical. It wasn't traditional in any way. Neither was the musical. So all I have to say is I think because we all dove in and faced our fear, you know, went through it together, so to speak, we came out stronger mm -hmm. and, and it was well received. I think it won, it won the woman award and it, but it was, so different for the audience that they would come out sort of like stunned, you know, sometimes and just want to talk about the whole concept. And it was a really cool experience doing verbatim theater uh, and, and learning something so brand new, a, a process that was different and um, no one was in their comfort zone with it. And that was a great experience. I bet. Because I think if I think being out of your comfort zone, just like, yeah, it stretches you, but it also it it takes you in somewhere new. And you like you. I think you have to do that. I think it's essential as an artist to stretch yourself and kind of go somewhere where you haven't gone before. Yeah. And see where it goes and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So I Great. do uh, reflect on this year with a lot of gratitude. So as, as we approach Good. Thanksgiving, you know, as we approach Thanksgiving <laughs> and the, and the, and Christmas and all the holidays and new yeah. years. And, but okay. So I've taken up a lot of your time. So oh, I no. really appreciate you being on here and spending some time with me. I always ask this question before we end. So um, if you could go back in time, and give yourself a young, your younger self some a piece of advice. What would it be? Um, you know, step into the light. Don't be afraid to shine. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, I think I I reserved a certain peace for a lot. You know, I would I would be I out of fear, right, of laying it all out there. Um, and and feeling like I wasn't, you know, I hadn't reached perfection, so, you know, I couldn't possibly just lay it all out there. It's not mm -hmm. ready. It's not fully baked, you know, or whatever yeah. it was, right? It was just like, oh, when I get to this place, I will feel like I can do this thing, and then I can do that thing. But I can't do that thing yet because I got to, I, in my mind, I created an order of things that the way it had to go and where I had to feel a certain way before I'd have the courage to put myself out there to do something, you know, a little more challenging. I think it just, you know, it slowed me down 
in a way that was unnecessary. Mm. I think it put in barriers and unnecessary uh, roadblocks that, you know, it also, I think, you know, being, depending on who you're around when you're creating, sometimes you feel as though, you know, if you shine, you might be uh, made fun of or pushed aside or in some way uh, be threatening to someone else. And you don't realize mm -hmm. that that's what you're responding to, but you're kind of like trying to make other people feel comfortable by not mm -hmm. shining too bright, if that makes sense. You know, they, they always yeah. say, don't hide your light under a bushel. And I do feel like I spend a lot of time doing that very thing unconsciously. Mm. Yeah. So, I, yeah. No, that's, that's really good advice. Yeah. Well, yeah. So thank you so much for being on. I really, really appreciate it. Especially, you know, it's right before Thanksgiving and, you know, things are hectic. So thank you for putting, take the time and being yeah. on. So I really appreciate it. Thank you, Matt. I mean, I really appreciate you, you, you having me on and, um, you know, it's nice to see your face after a while. It's been a while. A few yeah, years. it's been a while. Yeah. And, um, mm -hmm. miss you. I miss you so much. Yeah. And I miss you, I miss you too. in the show. I miss doing shows with you. So yeah, same. I hope that works out again. I hope we can do that again. I hope we can. I, I definitely think we will, we will work together again. Wow. Ann Smith, everybody. What, what a, just, she is just a tremendous person. Um, she is. Um, and I do hope that we get to work together again, because that was such a highlight of my my career of being able to share the stage with her. And for context, we did a show called Southern Gothic. Um, it was also the show, if you've been listening to the podcast that Ryan Riley was on, as, uh, was in as well. Um, and, and, and I, we played husband and wife in that show. And we both took over characters that, you know, had been previously done before by other performers. Um, but what Anne did was just truly extraordinary. She took it and when you watched it and saw it, you were like, there was nobody you can envision playing that part but her. She just absolutely owned it and made it something that I don't think anybody could have anticipated. Um, and it was just such a joy and pleasure being able to watch her do that, be able to learn, be able to bounce things off and work together. It was just such an extraordinary experience. Um, but then also, as I've said before, just being able to get to know her off stage and get to know her as a person I knew when I was putting together like a very short list of people that I wanted to kind of jump start this podcast with she was at the very very top of it and you can see why she has just so much wisdom so much experience um she has a great mindset and a great way of just looking at failing um because that's the biggest thing for me is just like you got to continue to stretch yourself and get uncomfortable and fail um and learn from it and what I've been talking about in previous episodes. Um, and she's just a shining example of that. Um, she's, and if you ever get a chance to see her in a show, please, please do. She is phenomenal, phenomenal talent. And I want to thank her again for taking time out of her busy schedule to sit down, talk and, you know, share some things that she's learned with us. Um, and hopefully you can take them and apply it to yourself. Um, but I think that's going to do it for this episode of Creative Wisdom. I, I really, really appreciate you tuning in. I hope that you were able to kind of learn something that helps ignite your creative journey moving forward. But until the next one, I'll see you there. Stay creative. <laughs>